This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. We got a show. We got a lot to talk about, guys. Man, I wanted to do this last night. This is Sunday. I wanted to do this last night. I didn't get home to my buddies until about 2 Right, ran a little late, ran a little long on ESPN with the with the card and whatnot. But I was jacked up. I didn't fall asleep till about four. Um, I was fired up from the card. Right, it was it was great. It, and I don't know if it's because I I was anticipating a lot, but there was a lot of really good fights, entertaining fights, good storylines, top to bottom. I liked it. Um, I didn't win any money. Uh, well, I mean, I kind of broke even with with Usman winning. I, I did I did put money on Usman. Uh, but uh, I had I was like one or two fights away from some parlays that I lost. Uh, but man, it was it was a great night of fights. I am so pumped up. A lot of stories to talk about. I typically don't like going heavy recap because I've always said like, oh, you know, you guys watched it. We you know we don't need a recap. But this is one of those shows where I feel like we need to recap every single fight we'll talk about. Uh, it was it was very exciting. I I enjoyed it thoroughly. And uh, let me make sure. Okay, phones on silent. Sorry, I was getting in a little, little text, little text chain right before I hop on. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want them to buzz me up. But um, yeah, we'll hop into it, right? I mean, do I have any? I mean, I think I have some personal stuff, right? Do I? I don't know. So the big question is, is I know one listener, Devin, Devin Tahada, who I do the pickums with. He's dying to know, right? He texted me. He's been, you know, I've been kind of wrapped up all day, so I haven't really got back to him, but I did text him probably like an hour ago. I did let him know that uh he in fact won. He beat me this week. We we I went five and eight on my picks total. Not great. But uh he beat me. He beat me. And then the stipulation was I was up five three on him on the year so far, right? Or however long we've been doing this. I was up five three and uh had five wins in a row. Came down to this, right? Came down to this card. And I, you know, I'm not going to let him beat me, right? Uh, we're not going to do next week's card. Um, him and I aren't going to do next week's card. So I was like, okay, for you to tie, you need to beat me by two points. Well, I'm not happy to announce that he beat me by exactly two points. It was eight to six. We'll go over all the fights. We'll go over all the points. So Devin Tejada and I have tied on the year. I know no one likes ties. You know, what are we going to do? But, um, you know, that's, that's just the way it is. It, it, that's, it's just the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. So congratulations to Devin. He, uh, he picked a good card. He seemed to, you know, I feel like his confidence was rattled. You know, he started off 3-0. Then I rallied back with 5-0. And I feel like he, uh, he, he was, you know, he, he struggled a little bit confidence-wise. But he got his mojo back. He beat me this week, fair and square. And uh, we'll go over the card. So first fight of the night. I was doing that all night at my buddy's house. I love this guy's name. I'm mispronouncing it. Badass Hawaiian, but it sounds like a like a Hawaiian song. It's a gorgeous name. I wish I knew how to pronounce it. But Ponele uh, Serrano versus Oscar Pochota. Uh, both Devin and I had Oscar, or excuse me, we both had Ponele. Great fight, Oscar Pochota. Um, hey bud. Stick up your fucking right hand, right? Ponele Serrano. I, I can't pronounce his first name, so I'm going to go Serrano. Serrano was throwing big, big left shots, right? Big left-hand shots. He has power. He looked good. He was quick, agile, fast. His ground game, obviously, is going to be a little bit of a question mark right now because he does have really good boxing, but he's powerful. And Pachote just could not fucking put his hands up. Put your fucking right hand up, bud. 
Uh, he kept getting cracked right left hand, did not make the adjustments, and uh, got rocked and finished pretty well. Ponalehi. Ponalehi. I can't keep doing that to you guys. I'm sorry. Uh, Serrano pretty much did it, almost emptied the tank to finish him. And when they got back to the feet, it looked a little tired, rightfully so. But then, you know, like 30 seconds later, he landed another big left hand and, and just slapped Oscar Pachota. Uh, good win for the guy. He's undefeated, coming off the contender series. Vegas-based fighter, so I can see him getting some shine in a little bit if he stays active. Um, and he looked good. Big, powerful kid. Looks like a sweet kid. Uh, rooted for him. Devin and I both got that fight right. We we did not go oppo there, um, which I did put him in a parlay, so I started off the night in a, in a right way. However, I mean, that parlay went to shit pretty quickly, um, but really good performance, right? I'm going to do something different. You know, I just, I just came up with it. I'm going to give my top three performances of the night. The MMA takes performance of the night. Punalehi. Um, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be there. He looked good, right? Uh, but we'll we'll recap performance of the night uh throughout the throughout the thing, right? Let's change it up. Huh? Next up, Jessica I versus Viviana Aljulo. Uh, this was Devin's lock of the night. We both got this fight wrong. Vivian lost a split decision, but did she really? Um, it takes a special kind of person for me not to like root for you if you're an MMA fighter, if you're from Ohio. Jessica I is from the Cleveland area. Uh, she now trains out of Vegas. She had this huge speech on the open workouts, I think it was, about how I'm the underdog and I'm by you got to root for me. And she misses weight by five pounds, right? And then she kind of went on and was like, after the fight, she's like, Rogan, I've been, when are you going to have me on the podcast? And Rogan's like, ah, yeah, you know, go fuck yourself. You know, no, don't worry about it, right? Now, no one wants to listen to you. You sound like you've been smoking your whole life with that voice of yours. No one wants to listen to that for two hours. Um, I think Vivian won this fight. I thought Jessica I did not win this fight. It was a split decision win. Uh, it was a very close fight, right? There were some moments. Both fighters had some moments, but Viviana stalked the whole time. She landed bigger shots. Uh, Jessica I, you know, landed her shots of her own. Um, I thought Vivian landed more of the significant takedowns, had better top control. I thought Vivian won this fight hands down. I, I, I have no idea. Uh, I thought it was 29-28. I would even could have gone 30-27 for Viani. But, uh, yeah, they gave it to Jessica I. She got another split decision. She has won a lot of close split decisions. Not sure what she's doing to the judges to get her every fight. That's a split decision. She seems like she fucking wins. Um, but, yeah, Viviani, I thought, looked way better. I think she has more of a prospect. And uh, I think Jessica I just kind of made an ass out of herself this week. I mean, she really did. Like, why can we talk shit about men, but we can't talk shit about women? I don't see any journalists on Twitter going after these women, right? Jessica I wore a bulletproof vest when she fought Shevchenko, got her head kicked into the fucking third row, right? We kind of forgot about that, right? You know, Viv or, excuse me, Shevchenko is an incredible fighter, right? There's no shame to losing to her. Then this week, she has this huge motivational speech where she's trying to fire the crowd up, and no, everyone's just like, uh, there's like one guy clapping who like wants to bang Jessica I. There's like one dude clapping, and everyone's just like, uh, shut the fuck up. Um, and then she misses weight by five pounds, right? And all she talked about on social media leading up to this fight was how great the Vegas move's been for her. And she doesn't, you know, she's cut ties with people in Ohio and blah, 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 all this. And you miss weight by five pounds, right? You got fined 30%. And then you go and win a very close but decision, act like you, you know, you conquer the world. She has no self in the moment. She has no self-awareness. Uh, you know, I think we need to shit on her a little bit, right? I mean, if this was a dude, like we all shit on guys that are like that. Why? I mean, we all should shit on women. I, I know that if someone isolated that soundbite of me saying we all should shit on women, um, that's probably not going to be good for me. But I'm willing to accept that. I'm willing to uh, be, I'm okay with that. I'll take that bullet for us guys. But yeah, uh, she did not win that fight. Sorry. Um, 
I avoided that fight. I did not bet that fight. Devin and I both got that wrong. Next up, you had Brandon Moreno versus Kai Car France. Whew, this might be one of my performances tonight. Brandon Moreno blew me away. He looks so, so good. Um, young kid coming from the contender series. He's 26 now, so he's been around for almost like six years, five years. Um, really good grappler, right? He, you know, he comes from Cincinnati, California, Baja or Mexico. I don't, I don't really know how that works down there. Uh, I know like California Baja, they speak Spanish, but they're American. I don't, I don't understand how it works, but he's obviously, uh, you know, a, a, not a ton of stars from Mexico, even though there was another one on tonight, but, um, you know, not a ton of really top talent from Mexico right now. And he showed incredible improvement in stand-up. He showed incredible toughness. Didn't really go for a takedown, I think, at all. And outstruck Kai Car France, who is a great kickboxer from a great camp. I don't think Kai Car thought that was going to happen. I think Kai Car worked on stopping the takedown and getting up from his back and thought he could pick away at Moreno. And that's what I thought as well. Moreno was clean on the feet. He took some big shots. Took him well. He was longer. Uh, he was showboating a little bit. It was a very, very close fight. I gave it to Moreno. I had money on Kai, and I picked Kai, but I still thought Moreno won that fight. It was uh, a very entertaining fight. Moreno might get one of my three uh, fucking takes of the night, star of the night, whatever you want to fucking call him. I don't know. I got to come up with a name. Uh, I'm not very good at improv. Can't come up with it right now. But Moreno looked great. I mean, his stand-up looked fantastic. Those leg kicks added up. His head kick was fantastic. He was hurting Kai's hand. Kai's hands, his arms start slowing down that third round. Moreno did not slow down at all. Uh, he busted Kai up. His hands looked fantastic. He stayed long. His defense obviously is a little bit of a problem, but he was countering really well, right? So if you have a guy like Moreno, I would tighten up the defense because he does. He had showed a really good chin for this weight. Tighten up the defense just a little bit, but the way he carries himself, his hands and, and everything, that really opened up his counter. So it's not the best strategy to take a shot, to give a shot. Uh, a lot of fighters are very successful with that, but Moreno, that's what he did. He would eat a right hand, but he'd come back with three of his own and finish with a head kick. It was really impressive stuff. I, I did not think Brandon Moreno would come out and outstrike Kai Car France. I thought Moreno would take the fight to the ground, possibly get a submission. If he was going to win, he was a significant underdog at plus 140. If he was going to win, I thought it would be a submission on the ground. I thought that's the way he would take it. Didn't go for a takedown once. Has been working on a stand-up. Really want to know who he's training with. I got to follow him on social media. I don't know if I do. Um, you know, I know he used to train with like Cejudo in Arizona. I don't know where he's training at now. I have to look that up, but I'm, I'm super impressed with his improvement and his overall game. And this is a kid that I thought when the UFC cut him forever ago, I thought it was a mistake, but maybe it was a good thing because he went out and became a better fighter than he has ever been. And Kai Carl France is no joke. And Kai was in that fight. You know, from the beginning to the end, he was in the fight. I think he got caught by surprise. That wasn't the game plan they were looking for. They didn't think Brandon Moreno would come out and outstrike with him, let alone outstrike him. Um, really, really impressive stuff. I really liked that fight. That was a fun fight. Next up after that, David Tamar versus Chase Hooper. Fight I didn't. I, 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 uh, I, we, Devin and I both picked Tamar. We're wrong. Uh, Chase Hooper, uh, <laughs> I wish I should play the audio of Chase Hooper. The guy, he looks 10. He sounds like he's seven. And during the post-fight speech with Joe Rogan, he was talking about how he's going to go to the M&M store and get a custom. I don't even know what it was. I don't even know what the fuck he was talking about. And Joe Rogan's like, yeah, you deserve all the M&Ms. And he gets back to the booth. Like, this kid just won a cage fight. He's talking about M&Ms. It's wild. Yeah, right. He's 20 years old. He looks very young for his age. He sounds very young. Um, he's a one-trick pony. And David, Daniel Tamer, is it David or Daniel? I don't even know. Daniel. Daniel Tamer should be cut from the UFC, and just by his performance, they should cut his brother, too. 
Daniel, you were so shitty tonight, and the only way you could have lost this kid is is to wrestle with him and grapple with him, which is what you did. So we're going to cut your brother. That's how bad your performance is. That, if I was a UFC, that's what I'd do. Sorry, guys. Daniel, David, you're out. Sorry. Uh, Hooper's got a lot of holes in this game. Let's be honest, right? Um, he's good on the ground, okay on the ground. I think he's going to have problems with someone who knows positioning, unlike da- uh, Daniel Tamer, who's a goof. Um, he looked like he got some grown man strength. Uh, Tamer snatched up the neck and kind of bullied him around a little bit. Uh, Hooper needs to add a little bit of size, obviously. But, um, you know, he's he's good on the scrambles. That's what he wants. He's scrappy. He's tough. But, you know, I don't see a big future for him. I don't love his game. Um, I think he's only going to get better, which is a positive for him. He's 20 years old. Striking is going to start coming along. His timing is going to start coming along. His ground game is going to get better, but that's obviously his strength right now. His takedowns look a little weak. It looks like he is, his strategy is to kind of maybe get ragdolled himself and then maybe pull guard and, and then work to the top. His elbows on top are great. He cut Tamer open. That's essentially what stopped the fight. But I'm not sold on this kid yet. I don't love this kid. Um, I'm not, I was overly impressed with him. Um, so, yeah, that's what it is. But, you know, I mean, good for him. I mean, I, he, he potentially got the Tamers out of the UFC, which I think they should have been in the UFC a long time ago. Because they're like, David's like a, the older one, the younger, whatever he was. The other brother's like a dirty fighter. There's like a whole compilation of, on YouTube of him, like how many eye pokes he does and low kicks and scumbaggish. Okay, next up, you have Matt Brown versus Ben Saunders. This is the first fight Devin and I went oppo on. Devin picked Brown, and I picked Ben Saunders. Matt, uh, Matt Brown won. I, for a second, I thought Ben Saunders locked out that triangle. It was very close. A little weird how this performance happened. Matt Brown, I thought the only way he could win, or the, maybe not the only way, but the way he should fight this fight is stand up, land your shots. Matt's got heavy hands. And then uh, avoid the ground kick. But Saunders is really tricky off his back. He's an Eddie Bravo guy. Has a lot of submissions off his back. Was close with that triangle. Was close with a few other things uh, at one point. Um, and Matt Brown just kept engaging the ground with him. Ben Saunders, though, has never been known for his cardio. Kind of gassed out a little bit. Got hurt with a head kick. Matt took him down again. And then when they stood up, he he ultimately finished him with some punches. And then finished him on the ground. Not hurt him on the feet and then finished him on the ground. A lot of that was Matt Brown's vicious. Matt Brown is a killer. He is a finisher. I'm glad he came back. I think he um, he he deserves to be in the UFC. I think uh, you know move back to Ohio, get some clarity. I think a lot of times fighters when they bounce around a lot, they think they need to go to a certain camp or they need to be in a certain state. I mean, I I have that now, not now, but I have that as well. Like or I had it as well, and a lot of fighters do that. And sometimes that works for guys. They really need to get away and isolate. And obviously, I'm not going to argue that Ohio training is better than the West Coast because it's not. There's some of the best gyms in the world in California. I mean, you got Florida as well. I mean, Long Island, but Colorado, California, a little bit of Oregon, um, Arizona, obviously New Mexico, all those places are hotbeds for MMA. They got some really, really good gyms. And sometimes you feel like you have to go to these places. Matt came home, retired. I don't know where he's training at. I think he probably has his own gym, the immortal gym, Matt, the immortal Brown gym. Uh, I, I, I make fun of his tattoo every time he fights. I can't, I mean, your nickname's immortal. And I, I said this on, on side, your nickname's immortal, but you died, right? Like he OD'd and died. So you're not immortal, right? You came back to life. That's the moral people can't die. You've already died. And they brought you back to life when you OD'd. I know Ian McCall died, but maybe Matt Brown just OD'd. I don't know if he died or not. Um, but it's good seeing him back, right? He's an aggressive, exciting guy. There's a lot of guys at 170 that can match up well with him. Um, the biggest problem with Matt Brown's is his ground game. Obviously he gives up a lot of takedowns and you know, he's, he's, uh, 
it's going to be a problem with him moving forward. But he looked good. He had some decent submission defense because Saunders is no joke off his back. But kind of a weird approach in that first round. I was actually very excited. I thought Saunders was going to take it. But uh, Matt Brown won. So I can't be super bummed that uh, my Ohio guy lost. Hopefully they put him on that Columbus card because he's from Columbus. And um, and hopefully he gets on that Columbus card against uh, against somebody that would want to bang with them, right? See a little standing and banging. All right, next up, Ian Hines versus Amar Akimedov. Devin and I both um, had uh, Akimedov as our underdogs. Devin has him as his lock as an underdog, as a lock of the night by decision. So he got two extra points on that. Three total with the underdog pick. I got two with the underdog pick on our scoring system. Very close fight. Ian Heinis thought he won. I think I saw a couple things on Twitter where he really thought he won. Very close fight. Uh, Akimedov won the first round. I think Ian Heinis maybe won the second half of the second round, and then the third round was really close. I think I would lean toward Heinish. So really, you're splitting a half, well, a round in half. Like, who won the second round, essentially, was just come down to. I had a 29-28 Akhmatov. I know I picked him. I betted him. Um, so I, you could read, you know, have bias towards that. But I just think Ines, Ian Heinis didn't put his foot on the gas enough in the third round, really, to solidify it. Uh, very good fight. Heinish took some big shots. Akhmatov, look, hands look pretty good. He's, he looks like a powerful guy. His stand-up's not the cleanest in the world, obviously. He's a little herky-jerky, but sometimes that works for you. But he looks strong. He looks fucking strong. It looks like he can crack and, uh, you know, uh, good for him. I mean, there's, you know, Heinish now has dropped his last, uh, what is this, two? Is it two now? Two in a row? He lost his last fight to Derek Brunson. Now this, he's on a nice little win streak. I mean, I think it's a little outrageous how highly he, how high he was ranked. I think he was ranked, he was in the top, was he 11th? I think it was pretty wild that he was ranked. Let me pull up the rankings. Because I think we just talked about this not too long ago. So obviously he's going to drop down after this, but he was, yeah, he was 10, which I think is very high. Akhmedov was 14, um, which again, Akhmedov has had some decent wins. I mean, he's not a killer. He's obviously going to move up. But uh, Ian Heinrich being ranked 10, I know middleweight, on the lower half of middleweight, it's not really, really stacked, but him being ranked 10 is a little much, I think. Um, but, uh, but you know, it was it was a performance that Akhmedov needed. He he, he he showed up. He showed up and uh, beat a tough guy, a tough guy to look good against. Highness does not slow down. He's a decent grappler. His stand-up is okay. He's tough as they come. But Akhmedov, I think, just, just edged him out. I think this was a good decision. I think they got this one right. And I'm not just saying that because I had money on him and I had points on him or whatever the fuck. I think they got it right, okay? I have a little bit of integrity, guys, all right? Uh, next up, you have Caitlin Vieira versus Irene Adana. Um, I originally loved Adana. In this fight as the underdog, uh, I betted her. I took her in a parlay. But for the sake of the competition with Devin, I know Devin has been all over Aldana from the last pay-per-view or the last time she fought. We talked about her. He's really impressed with her. So I couldn't be like, oh, I'm going to take her. I want that little out of action. So I took Caitlin Vieira. I thought Caitlin Vieira being as high as a favorite as she was, I thought was a little crazy. She had the better competition on her record, um, which is what I kind of leaned on, which I think is a bad lean. During the pick on podcast, I leaned on her competition, which I hear a lot of people do, and I and I don't I don't love it. I don't love doing it, but I did it. I fell into that trap. And um Adana looked smooth. She looked great. Her stand-up looked really, really good, really technical. That punch that knocked her out. I mean, it's it's impressive when you when women one punch knock out females. Uh, or other females, excuse me. It's it's impressive, you know. And and Adana is getting some really good training in, and she's like the next Mexican star. She's the number one Mexican star, a female fighter, right? It goes Yair, then Adana, and then if you if, if gun to my head, I'm I'm saying Moreno at this point. But she looked really good. She could be one of my top three performances of the night. 
she looked fantastic. That was a really exciting fight. Um, they were both aggressive. Vieira was coming out. She hasn't fought in a while. Adana's been on kind of a nice little hot streak here. And uh, really, really impressive. Killer. She's a killer. I'm really, really interested to see what happens next for her at that weight. Because, I mean, uh, they need people at that weight, right? They need people to fight Nunes. They need people to fight um, these champions. And, and Aldana, I wouldn't say she's next, but she's close, right? I mean, Julieta Pena is still there. Um, I would like to see Pena fight somebody. Um, but, yeah, the uh, Aldana is talented. Next, I'd be at Mike brown or mike brown mike perry versus jeff neal uh um what's his face uh, devin turned his back on his florida guy and we both took jeff neal um you know i i took perry in, a, in an underdog parlay i did i thought he was a good uh, underdog pick just with the power neal hasn't shown me he's got a great chin he got he got stunned and rocked by nico price but he can crack. He's got a great left high kick, that Rock Perry, and then he's a finisher. He's got great hands, great boxing, great movement, great head movement. Uh, Mike Perry looked at me in great shape. From all accounts, he had a great, great camp. He's taking it like Mike Perry can take it on social media. You know what I mean? You got to respect the guy's mental and, and his toughness. But uh, first time he's ever been finished by strikes, and that's a big feather in the cap because Mike Perry's got a great chin. He's taking it. Uh, one of the toughest guys in UFC. I know they're all tough, but like for guys that can endure punishments and 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 take a beating, Mike Perry is one of the toughest for sure. Uh, Jeff Neal is just a special dude. I'm really excited to see who they put him at 70 now. He was ranked 14th. He's obviously moving up. I think a Robbie Lawler fight makes a lot of sense. Uh, Robbie Lawler's ranked 11th right now. I think Robbie Lawler makes a whole lot of sense. I would love to see uh, Jeff Neal and Santiago Ponsonibio fight. That would be a, a barn burner. I want to see Jeff Neal fight someone that is going to maybe really pressure the takedown. Santiago Ponsonibio is a good striker. He has power in his hands too, but he mixes up really well. When he fought Mike Perry, he took Mike Perry down. I think that would be his same game plan towards Jeff Neal. Problem is Santiago Ponsonibio doesn't fuck fight ever. The guy doesn't fight. I mean, when is, I mean, he's hurt all the goddamn time. He's still holding on to his fucking place at you know seven. Then he, every time he misses, a, cancels a fight, he needs to lose a spot, right? I think he's a very talented fighter. Has a lot of good wins. Has fought some top competition. But every time he pulls out of a fight or his fight gets canceled, or whatever happens, drop his ass down. Drop his ass down a notch. But there's a lot of action at 170 right now that I love. Uh, like I said, Gilbert Burns too. Gilbert Burns at 170 is a very interesting guy. He's gonna obviously pressure to take that on Neil. See really where Neil's ground game's at. Um, there's a lot, but I'm really impressed with Jeff Neal. Um, I'm not super surprised by the result. I figured Jeff Neal would probably outpoint him, maybe cut him up a little bit. Mike uh, Mike Perry. Perry's not the quickest guy, but he is powerful. Uh, I did not see a finish happening. That was that was surprising. Um, but Jeff Neal was a heavy favorite going in, and he proved why. All right, main card time. Main card was absolutely stacked. Petrion versus favorite kicked it off. I love Petrion for this fight. He was my Devin and I both picked Yon. He was my lock in the night as well, and I picked finish, so I got two extra points on that. Big favorite. I picked. I picked. Uh, I did a multiple parlays. I did a lot of single bets. Put a lot of money down on this card, and uh, Petrion was pretty much in every single one of my parlays. I was very, very confident he was going to win, and he looked great. He looked like a fucking killer in there. Um, Uriah. I I hated the matchup for Uriah. I don't like Uriah's fighting these young up and comers. I know people at one thirty five. They're all killers, but you know. It, Maybe this is what Uriah wanted, right? He knocked out Simone. Now he's coming back and not, you know, fighting Petrion, who's arguably could fight Aljamain for the 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 the, the, the fucking title. You know what I mean? Um, at one thirty five, uh, if Suhudo decides to, you know, whatever Suhudo Suhudo decides, but 
he looked like a killer in this, right? Uriah, Uriah fights like Uriah does. He doesn't throw many shots. He pot shots. Petrion is always moving forward. Uriah didn't really go for many takedowns. They kind of clinched up a little bit. But uh, once the feeling out process ended in that first round, uh, he dropped Uriah a few times. And then in the second round, he, you know, he really put it on, finished him, cut him up real bad. Um, I thought maybe they should have stopped the fight after the cut because it's like, what, I mean, you're down these rounds. Like, what do you, what do you really need to go in there and prove? You know, I believe it was in the third round he got finished. So it's like, I don't really understand what, what you need to prove now. Um, Uriah was talking shit. He was waving to his daughter. He's smiling. It looked like he was having a good time, which is good. Um, but yeah, Petrion is, is a fucking killer that elbow that cut him was nasty the kick the knee that turned into a kick that finished uriah was nasty this one two one two three that put him down the first time was insane um yan can fight both ways he's good on the ground he's tough he's got good defense i'm really really high on petra yan big big time high on him you know I, I i don't get high in too many russians i'm not a russian guy really like if you look at the list of my guys i don't have any russians on there this could be my Russian, right? Petrion, he talked shit. He got into a Cody Garbrandt in the back. Um, Cody was like, I'll fight when I fight. After my fight in March, I'll fight you. Listen, I love that fight. Really, if I'm being honest with you, right? If Cody gets past the Sun Sal and he's focused and, and, and he's new, him versus Jan is insane, right? I mean, I know Jan uh, has power and Cody has a little bit of a suspect chin, but I think that's a great fight. You know, Cody has all the talent in the world. Um, and I'm really hoping Mark Henry really brings it out of him. But yeah, Petrion is that motherfucker right now. You know, he's that guy. The next fight up for 135 as well. I think Petrion should fight Marais. Um, but you know, something happened. What what happened? So I don't want to jump ahead, but Cejudo came out and said that, you know, Marais won against Aldo, even though I don't think he won. Um and Cejudo or yeah, Cejudo said he wants to fight Aldo, which is kind of a weird thing. So, anyway, so the next fight. That's enough of Petrion, even though I can go on all day. Next fight, Aldo versus uh, Marais. Uh, Devin and I split on this. He had Marais. I had Aldo. He was my lock of the night. Underdog lock of the night, excuse me. Um, I thought Aldo won this fight. Unequivocally, I thought he won this fight. I know you can put the numbers out, and and, and um, Marais was a little bit busier. I think the fir- first round, Marais won that first round. Aldo was still kind of getting used to the speed. He got hit a lot. That kick kind of buzzed him a little bit. He was taking some shots, but he's walking through them. And, you know, at the end of that first round, it looked like Marais kind of slowed down a little bit. Aldo looked fantastic. Come out second round, he's walking forward. He's stalking Marais. Body shot, throwing some good body shots. I wish he would have kicked a little more. The body was open for some kicks. Hitting him up top, right? He wasn't as busy, Marais, but he was stalking forward and he was laying in the harder shots. Um, second round, clearly out of third round, same thing. Marais was even a little slower, had a little more pep in his step in the second round. Second round, he, he kind of gassed in that second half for sure. Third round, he had a little more pep in his step, came out, throwing real fast combinations, what he does, but nothing was affecting Aldo. Aldo would take a shot, move forward, take a shot, move forward. Now, I know moving forward is not going to win you the fight, but Aldo was scoring as well. The second half of the third round, Aldo finished stronger than Marais, I thought. I thought two rounds to one, Aldo is what I had. It was a very close fight. I don't know if I'd go as far as say robbery, because there have been some really worse, really, really bad decisions in the UFC, but I thought Aldo rode two once and one. He was pressing the action. He was landing shots. It wasn't like he was walking forward and just eating shots and not countering. He was countering as well, and he. It, I feel like if he just did a little bit more with the body, a little bit more kicks, a little bit more to the head, mix things up, I think he would have destroyed Marais. I think he, it would have been no doubt he would have won that fight. But, you know, he lost, right? I, I think I got screwed on that because that would have obviously turned the tide for me financially and for the, our low-point system, but it was an entertaining fight. I love the fight. I thought it was a really, talented, uh, really 
talented contest. I say the word talented a lot when I don't need to fix it, Brian. Um, but it was it was it was an awesome fight. I really liked that fight. Um, it was very competitive. Two high level guys going at it. Marais really need to win. First camp with American Top Team out of first time at one thirty five. Everyone shitting on him about the weight cut. He looked fresh as a fucking daisy after that third round. He looked fresh as a fucking daisy. I thought he won the fight. I I still believe that he won the fight. Afterwards, Cejudo apparently called Dana or texted Dana said he wants to fight Aldo. He thinks Aldo won. He wants to fight Aldo. He was calling Aldo out before this, right? He just wants to fight Aldo because he's the bigger name. He's already beat Marais. But hey, Cejudo, there's a couple guys in front of Aldo. There's a couple guys in front of the guy who just beat Aldo. You're not the type of person to call shots right now, right? Petrion or Aljamain Sterling is who he should be fighting. If he fights Aldo without fighting those guys first, that's a serious injustice in the world. Aljamain Sterling is on a crazy win streak. He's beating everybody. He deserves the next shot. If Aljo can't go because he just had surgery, Petrion. No, no doubt about it, right? Vacate 125 because I don't think you'll ever go back down there. I saw the video of Cejudo getting out of the pool. He looks fat as shit right now. There's 0% chance he's ever going to make 125 within the next couple months. Let him fight at 35, vacate 125, and let let uh, Benavidez and whoever fight for the 125 belt, okay? That's what he needs to happen. But for him to call out Aldo after Aldo just lost when Petra Jan looked unbelievable and Al Jermaine's been sitting there begging for a title shot was kind of a weird move. It doesn't shock me because Suhudo's like a weird dude or fake weird. Not really sure what he's doing. But um, yeah, that's just that's just silly. That you know, that's silly. The UFC, listen, don't do that. Okay? You're smart. You have a smart company. You got smart people that work for you. Don't do that. All right, next up, you have the, the first of the three title fights, Manny Nunes versus Duran Demandamy. Uh, Devin and I split on this. I, I took Duran Demandamy as an underdog versus Nunes. I just felt like Nunes was getting all this hype about being the GOAT. And, you know, this is a tough matchup for her. She's fighting a killer in there. And, um, you know, this wasn't your typical Amanda Nunes performance. This is everything that she should have done to win she won. Right? And she did to win. Huh? Everyone was saying, take her down, take her down. Don't be Don't be a boxer for this fight, right? And uh, I said that, I think, maybe. I don't know, maybe I dreamt it. And everyone thought, including myself, that she wasn't going to do that. She was going to be happy to stand because she thought she was a better boxer, better Muay Thai, whatever. She took her down every round. Pounded her out, looked great. The only danger she was, when I mean, she, she caught a couple punches on the feet, handled it herself pretty well. Looked like she got a little tired in between in, in the middle of the fight. Um, but on the ground, she looked pretty dominant, and she, she got caught in a triangle, which... Was kind of tight because it got rolled over, but I wasn't super worried. And then the up kick that kind of buzzed her a little bit. I don't know if she was very, very hurt on that. But this is a big win for Amanda. She toughed it out. She gritted it out. I know she wasn't. Um, she I don't know if that was the game plan or not, but she looked really good. She she showed off her full arsenal of her game. Clarissa Shields was in the crowd. I know you know they they were talking about doing a fight with that. She's a fantastic female boxer. If that fight ever happens, it needs to be an MMA. Do not send Amanda Nunes, the female goat. The, the most likable champion in the UFC roster. She's so nice and sweet and humble. Um, by far the most likable champion, I think, right? Um, do not send her to boxing and get smoked by Shields, right? Let Shields come over. Shields looked, I don't know how much she weighs. I, I've only seen a few of her fights. I'm not sure what weight she fights at. I don't know if she can make 35. I'm sure she can probably make 45, around 45. She looked big. She looked thick in there. There's a video of her shadow boxing in, in the octagon. She looks thick. She looks like she's a, a thick gal. So I'm not really sure what she fights at. Let me see. Let me, you know what? I got a computer in front of me, guys. I don't need to guess, right? I don't need to guess. 
I wonder how how her life's been. Her name's Clarissa. It's spelled different, but you know, Clarissa explains it all for us 90, 90s babies. Okay, so T Rex. She's twenty four. She's young. She's a young. She's a young girl. Okay. Um. Okay, so it has her height, but it doesn't have her weight. Okay, it says middleweight. What the fuck's a feet? What's a what's a middleweight for women? Let's see what this is. Okay, middleweight boxing. Blah 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 blah. Um. Okay, seventy-five kilograms. God damn it! All right, so now I got to do math. So one kilogram or one pound is two point two point two kilograms. All right, seventy-five kilograms times two point two. Okay, so one sixty-five. Um. Yeah, I mean, she can probably make one forty-five, right? I don't know. She looked big though, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't know. Maybe who fucking cares? Okay, so Nunez obviously defended the title, looked good. Um, who's she? Who's going to fight next? You know, everyone's throwing out Aspinall. A lot of people don't know. I don't know. If I'm being honest with you, there's a lot to uh, to digest at 135. I think maybe pop up at 145 as well. Defend both belts. Not really sure what's going to happen. I need to learn how to take quicker drinks because I don't want to stop. I definitely don't want to fucking edit it. I, I'm going to work on it, guys. I'm going to work on taking quicker drinks, right? I, I take big drinks, right? I'm a gulper, so I'm going to have to work on it. Co-main event, Max Holloway versus uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. Um, Alexander Volkanovsky, Dev and I both had Max. We were wrong. I had Max a lot of different ways. Fantastic fight, right? A lot of people kind of kind of were, were a little not upset with this fight, but... Um, sorry. Text message. I'm so cool. Uh, a lot of people were a little upset with this fight just because of the, the pacing of it, right? It wasn't a typical Max Holloway fight. Alexander Volkanovsky in city kickboxing. That's me clapping for you. Holy shit, what a performance, right? Max Holloway is a really, really tough guy to look good against. He's a really active fighter, puts his hands on you. Um, throws a million punches a minute, has a granite chin, likes to put punches on you. Volkanovski was in incredible shape, had an incredible game plan. As an MMA fan, as a purist, I love high-level chess matches, and that's what that was. He chewed up Max's leg. Max had to go to Southpaw. He fought pretty well at Southpaw, took Alexander Volkanovski a little bit. They kind of adjusted to Southpaw, adjusted beautifully. Start chewing up the other leg, right? And then in the later, the fourth and the fifth round, Max went back to traditional orthodox and just said, fuck it. Chew that leg up. I got to get this guy out of here. Very, very close fight. Very, very competitive fight. I obviously had Max in a lot of different parlays. I had him straight up. I picked him. It was close. Max thought he won. I thought Volkanovski was probably three to one Volkanovski. Um, I would go 49-46. I know there was it was 47-47 and then 50-45. I had a 49-46 Volkanovski. Um, I can't remember which round I gave Max off the top of my head right now, but it was a very competitive fight. It was even back and forth. One punch or one little like 10-second stretch could have decided each round. It was that close. Max is the dog. Max is, he handles it like a champ. He's young. They're going to rematch, hopefully in Australia, which I think will be huge. Volkanovski really blew me away. I didn't realize how good he was. Um, I I knew that he was a talented fighter. I just figured he would maybe take down Max more, maybe just bull rush him. I didn't realize his stand-up was that clean, that crisp, that fast. I thought he was a little slower than Max, but he wasn't. His footworks were phenomenal. His kicks were phenomenal. He hits hard. 
He hit Max a couple times and stopped him in his tracks. Never hurt him, but when he landed, Max felt it. Those kicks were chewing Max up, which is the first time I think a fighter has done that, which is saying a lot since Max has fought Jose Aldo twice. Um, really great performance by Volkanovski. Really, really good performance. And uh, I, I was blown away by him, right? He, he fought so fucking good. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think I, I can't get Max right. I'm always wrong on Max. I talked about that last time. The first time I took him in years was fucking uh, Poirier. He lost. I put Frankie over him. I took Ortega over him. So, Max, if you want to pay me money, I'll pick against you. That means you're going to win, right? If that's the only way you're going to win. If I pick you, that's like a death sentence, bro. When you rematch Volkanovski, if you're listening to this, I know you are because I'm a, I got a huge following in Hawaii. If if you're listening to this, my Venmo's open. Slide. I'm not asking for a lot. Maybe a couple hundo. I'll pick against you. I'll sell it, and then you can go out and win your title again. But with all kidding aside, listen, this was a really high level fight. I, I can't wait to see the rematch. I know Max's camp, his team. You know they don't get a lot of shine. But they're very, very smart. They're good at what they do. They get their fighter ready. And uh, they're going to get them ready for the rematch. And they're going to watch out for the leg kicks, which obviously decided the fight. In my opinion, I think that really slowed Max down when he went to Southpaw. Kind of fucked some things up. Not that Max can't fight from Southpaw, but I think it really did hinder him. Max didn't throw a lot of kicks, which is weird. I thought Max would throw a little bit more kicks. I think maybe he was worried about the takedown. But... um, Volkanovski only went for a handful of takedowns and get any of them. Max's takedown offense is, is, is really, really good. Um, but yeah, Eugene Barryman and City Kickboxing, they got two champs right now, and that is crazy. I mean, Volkanovski's Australian, right? And most times in the past 10, 5 to 10 years, if you were from New Zealand, you went to Australia to train because Australia had better training. Now we're getting Australians going to New Zealand, and they got two fucking champions right now. Eugene Barry and City Kickboxing has got some studs. Brad Riddell, Israel Asanya, Kai Carl France, now Alexander Volkowski, all in the UFC. That's crazy. If you really think about that, that is crazy. Name one New Zealand champion or even top competitor over the past 10, 15 years. You can't. I mean, Mark Hunt, I mean, he's, but you know, he lives in Australia. You know, I don't know if he was born in New Zealand or not. I think he is from New Zealand, but you really can't. They all go to Australia and train. These guys. Are homegrown from Eugene Berryman, and you love it. You love to see it. That's he's the coach of the year, in my opinion. And um, what a what a camp, what a fucking thing. If it wasn't so far, goddamn far away, and if I wasn't so afraid to take long hour plane rides, I'd fucking would fly to New Zealand for a vacation. And my vacation for me would be just to train there for a week, right? Pay the hundred dollar fee for the day or whatever it is, and train there for a week. That's that's my vacation. That's what I want to do. Let me go on a honeymoon myself, honey, and go to fucking New Zealand, which is gorgeous. But it's a 15-hour flight, and the thought of me being on a plane for 15 hours is is, is scares the bejesus out of me, right? I'm, I'm not afraid of flying, but the idea of getting a middle seat in a 15-hour flight, I'd, I'd kill somebody. I'd go nuts. However, I'd ha- if I ever made made plans to go to New Zealand, I'd do it the right way. I'd get a fuck. I'd pay for whatever ticket I need to pay, have a lay flat, movie, pod, whatever the fuck you can do. I'll join myself out there. I'll sleep the whole goddamn time. I don't care. But incredible performance by Volkanovski. I love the way Max handled himself. I love the way Volkanovski handled himself too. Seems like a really good guy. Um, haven't really supported him. I think I've probably picked against him a handful of times, but uh, he's the real deal. He's a champion and hats off to him. Okay, main event time. 
man, I'm going long. I, I, I thought for sure I'd keep this at 30 minutes. We're at 40 already. I'm not going to shortchange the main event, though. Incredible main event. My guy, Kamar Usman versus Colby Covington. Devin and I split on this one as well. He had Colby, I had Kamaro. Um, I thought the line was a little high when it got announced, and I still think it was would be high. But, man, these guys delivered. Not one takedown. Not one person tried for a takedown. The stand-up was dead even throughout the whole fight. One judge had Colby winning 3-1. Other judge, two other judges had 2-2. I had a 2-2 going into the fifth. I was leaning towards Usman because I thought he was landing the bigger shots. Colby was wearing a little bit. I thought Colby slowed down that fifth round a little bit just because his cardio was really good, but he was getting those body shots. And then he was, the more abuse you take, it's the harder to really pressure cardio. And he broke his fucking jaw. Usman like got tagged a few times, took the punches really well. Didn't react all that well to some of the punches, right? It kind of like paused them. That to me is a guy who hasn't really been hit, hit a lot. I mean, most of his fights, all of his fights, you'll see he goes for a takedown. So he went out there with a game plan to knock out Colby Covington. They knew the wrestles would cancel each other out. I thought Colby had a little bit of advantage on the feet when it came to the volume. I thought Kamara had the advantage when it came to the power. Kamara really impressed me even more than he could have. His volume was insane. His power was good. He was taking shots to give shots. He really started working the body, which I think opened a lot of things up. I think that kind of changed the fight when he started landing that right to the body. Um, Colby is as tough as they come, right? You break your jaw, you could you could stop. I mean, they they've stopped. I mean, Anthony Pettis has stopped the fight because he broke his hand. Guys have stopped the fight because you know, I mean, uh, a broken jaw is, is is a serious thing. It's it's not fucking an easy thing to deal with, especially when you get punched in the face. He fought two more rounds with it. Say what you want about Colby Covington. He looked really good in this fight. He looked as tough as they come with a broken jaw, almost winning the fight. One judge had him winning the fight. Even if he, if he got he didn't get stopped in that fifth round, he would have won the fight on that judge's scorecard. Um, incredible fight. Incredible main event. I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. They both were cracking each other. You know, Colby uh, uh, looked really good. He had the volume, but he, he looked a little patient. He looked like he was kind of pacing himself. He didn't put it on Usman like he did with Robbie. I think he was maybe worried about the takedown. I really thought Usman was going to shoot and kind of prove that he's the better wrestler, but he just wanted to stand up a little bit. I did not like when Usman went to Southpaw. I feel like when he went to Southpaw, not really sure what he was doing. Um, maybe he likes to shoot off his right foot um, first, but um, when he went to Southpaw, I felt like that's when he got tagged up a little bit, right? Um, but when he was orthodox and that right hand to the body was open, um, when you're Colby fought Southpaw the whole fight, when you're an orthodox fighter, that right hand's open for Southpaw's right straights, right to the body, the right body kick. Um, a lot of that's open. And when he went to Southpaw, Usman, that is, I just didn't think he had the same pop, right? I, I didn't love it. Um, incredible fight, incredible performance. From Usman, incredible performance by Colby. I mean, listen, I I was very nervous about this. Usman is one of my guys. Um, I betted on him big time. He bailed me out. He made me even for the night, so I didn't I didn't lose any money. I didn't win any money. He made me even, which was very disheartening because I was down a lot. So that means I won a lot with Usman, but it all it all washed out. But uh, yeah, Usman looked fantastic. What's next for Usman? I mean, they can't run Colby back right away because Colby's got a fucking broken jaw. I don't think Masvidal is really interested in the Usman fight. His fucking managers on Twitter saying, "No, nah, we got we you know we don't know if we want that," which is weird. Like if, if the Diaz fight, you think the Diaz fight's bigger? I, I assure you, the title shot's probably bigger. It's a tough matchup, though. Listen, uh, Devin's a Masvidal guy, right? I like Masvidal as well. However, Kamar Usman fucks Masvidal up. Not standing. Kamaru takes him down. He beats him up everywhere now. Masvidal, I wouldn't say, I don't want to say the fight will be easy, but it will be easy. 
Easy money for Masvidal, or excuse me, for Usman to win that fight. I think he takes Masvidal down. I think he can beat him up standing up. I think he can beat him up on the ground. Masvidal is a very, very talented fighter. He's on a hot streak right now. But if you don't want to accept the fight and fight the title and fight Nick Diaz, then you're avoiding the fight, right? So who's natural 170? They, they said Leon Edwards, maybe. I, that's a rematch that I, I think Kamara would win easily as well. Um, I'm big on Kamara. I don't know if this guy's losing unless he lets it get to his head, right? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very high on Kamara. He's my number one. He has, His performance was number one. Volkanovski was number two. I was blown away by Volkanovski. And then number three, number three is a toss-up. Aldana's up there. Moreno, I'm going to go Moreno. Moreno blew me away. I know there's a lot of guys I can pick from. I mean, fucking Jeff Neal performed really great. Petro Jan performed fantastic. Um, but Brandon Moreno, those are my three stars. Usman, Volkanovski, Moreno with the honorable mention Aldana because she looked fantastic. Insane card. Insane pay-per-view. I loved it. We got one more for the end of year. UFC, Fight Night Korea, or whatever it is. It's Edgar versus Korean Zombie this Saturday. Decent little card. There will be a pick em up this week, uh, probably Thursday, Friday, whatever the normal time it comes out uh, for all your betting needs. I believe it's an early, early, early start. For American on uh for American for America on Saturday morning, I believe it's uh like eight, eight, three a.m. is when the main pre um prelim start. So we got a little bit. That's that's early. I might just stay up and say fuck it. I'm a rock star, right? I'm a rock star that goes to bed at ten thirty. I'm gonna stay up till three a.m. though. Yeah, fucking right. All right, so that's the show. Thank you for listening. Um, I love you guys. That you guys are listening. I love the feedback. I love the interactions with everybody it's awesome awesome stuff hopefully 2020 will uh will bring us bring us to the moon as they say uh, as dave portner says so um i'm looking i'm looking forward to 2020 it's going to be an exciting year whatever it takes hopefully we take this take this thing up um we are going to have a little devin and i and maybe some other people as well are going to do the end of the year show. We're going to give out the MMA uh, take awards. We're going to do like fight of the year and stuff like that. The, the stuff that means the most. We're going to do that um, probably right around New Year's. Put that out right before New Year's or New Year's Day, whatever we're going to do. Not sure when we're going to record, but um, I'm working that out right now. So stay tuned for that. Pick them this week. Love you guys. I'll talk to you. You want to take it from the top? Yeah, let's try it. He will roll you Baby, don't you know My heat will move your soul Come on, come on, come on, come on Love me today Love me tomorrow Feel, 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 feel my heat. I think we should repeat that again. Feel, 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 feel my heat. Feel my heat. Yeah, it's definitely cool. Let's lay it down. Nick? You want to lay it down? Are we rolling on the rehearsal?